Previously on the Adventure Zone Ethersea, you are on a facility of, I would say, eccentric oligarchs, and uh, you you have sort of caught the ire of some of them. You are being hunted, but you also see inside of this pit, it's an auroch. Shh, it's okay. I'm going to ride you now, and I need a win. And you see directly in front of you a muscle-bound, shirtless man wearing a, a bull mask. I want to drive away in the dreams of Deborah. And just before he gets to the dock, he activates the self-destruct and dives out of the moon pool. He lifts up his mask, and you see... You see a young man. Ah, auctioneer. Tolliver will do. Oh, uh, if you would be so kind as to show me to where my friend uh, is kept and then let her out and then let us go and then I won't kill you. Well, before all that happens, have you spoken to... And then the side of the ship explodes. You have um, on on this adventure uh, done some pretty gnarly stuff from time to time. I would say, vis a vis, you know, com- combat and wanton violence. Um, but as you float in the waters of the ether sea, that I would say you were just sort of knocked back through with tremendous concussive force. Uh, as you sort of write yourself and take a look at the uh, the, the headquarters for Crescendo here, uh, you realize that you've set a new bar for yourself because there is... It, it seems like the ship is still being built, but you know that the opposite is true. You have just sort of disintegrated a good maybe quarter of the, of the vessel. The upper harbor that you auto docked the uh the dreams of Deborah in before setting it to explode uh is just gone nice uh and hey l- dad i've never been prouder to play dungeons and dragons with you that is not sarcastic that is, is one of the most travis well i'm gonna say one of the most magnus things see you've how, ever can we done. see how it resolves i mean yeah, that's we just maybe see how it resolves yeah well, before we just start handing out, uh, uh, was the word laudits? Yeah, is that, is that we just just accolades? Yeah. Thank you, Mac. I would just love to see how it all results. Yeah, because there's a there's. I'm going to say Macalades. There's a lot of dad. I won't allow job. that actually. Okay. There's uh there's a lot of flotsam and jetsam 
floating around. A lot straight up, a lot of bodies. You get the impression that if any mass murder, if yeah. anyone was, You've, yeah, if anyone was standing in that upper, anyone standing in that upper harbor is there is Aloysius mm, Supreme, Aloysius Supreme, Aloysius Minimus, supremely dead. It's it is a mass devastation. Uh, the lower harbor is uh, just a junkyard. Uh, and I mean a floating junkyard because it is like completely underwater. Uh, and as you're sort of surveying your great work, uh, in some of that wreckage in the lower harbor, you see some hull panels that are uh, a shade of purple that is very familiar. Oh uh, no! And wait. you realize that those hull panels do belong to the Coriolis. Uh, and it is uh, it is such a, a disaster down there. You cannot see the ship itself, uh, but you know that it has sustained some damage in the explosion you set off right above it. Uh, on purpose. On purpose. I just don't want that to get lost there. Yes. I'm sorry. The, uh, uh, okay. Time out. Time All right, out. Zach Morris. I have to defend myself. Yeah. Do a, you? a little bit. <laughs> According to the rules there of ship combat that you designed yourself, yeah. Griffin, yes. let the record show. This According to out. the tools list, yeah. Self destruct. I when I when I set off the self destruct, uh huh. I had another turn before it went off because at the start of your next turn, you get a chance to cancel the action. With a DC 15 repair check. Now, no, yes, but down except you, said you also okay, said, okay, yeah, you left the ship, though. Yeah, well, you left the ship. I jumped into the moon pool. Uh-huh. To, yeah. to leave the So sh- I was still within <laughs> so the range. It was wait, a, hold on. <laughs> it was a bluff to a bluff to a bluff. But you didn't no. say you were going to blow up the ship, so it's not, it's a silent bluff where you do the violence, but you don't say you're going to do it. That's yeah, just a, that's, that's called, just an attack. That's assault. There you go. I think it's always better when you know the backstory behind somebody's thoughts. And I think thank you, Dad. Yes, thank you, Dad. Let's not hey, let, Dad, yeah, I absolutely. love you so much, and I've literally known you my whole life. When you said, I start the self-destruct, you were not thinking, and I'm going to stop and it. And I'm going to stop it. I'm going to go for a little not- swim first. But then, damn it, once I'm refreshed. From the moon pool, I will I reach it. to the console of the <laughs> right. ship. I guess people will not know the whole story till my memoirs. Sure. Okay. No, yeah, hey, on. when are you going to write those, by the way? Because you need to get on it. Yeah, you yeah. get mine. Get a little hurry, a little hustling yeah. and bustle. I will the countdown s- clock is, is, is ticking off. I will say that uh, just based on sort of every person you met on this station and the kind of dirty dealings they were getting up to, Maybe no huge loss for yeah. humanity in general, but uh, the the station itself is starting to tilt a little bit, uh, and that's never a good sign for uh, deep sea installations. Uh, those things, as far as I understand it, and I'm no engineer, but I believe they're pretty meticulously they designed need to, be. to withstand high pressure yeah very um, rarely is a deep sea like thing designed and they're like and you know a, a quarter s- of it can blow, blow up and it'll fine. be fine okay uh that that is what you see zooks uh you are you know you you have swum back close enough to the the facility to kind of like survey the damage what what is your sort of immediate inclination oh uh, I, I think zooks knows he's in trouble is 
in a little bit of trouble. I think his first concern is, to be fair, I don't think he really thought it was going to be that big of an explosion. Well, you've never self-destructed a ship before. Yeah, but still, he I mean... He self-destructed other things, and I iPad, didn't think it would... A, like a nuclear warhead or anything. Yeah. Um, well, now you so know. I think his first concern is for... Um, for uh, Amber and Devo. Okay. Uh, um, I think he's thinking, oh, I've fucked it up now. This is bad. This is really bad. And mm-hmm. his first inclination is to swim away as fast as possible. Oh, okay. Pretend it never happened. But so you're worried like about guilty. Devo and Amber, but in so a really goes passive after, way. He goes after Amber and Devo. So he says, I better check on Amber and Devo. I assume the ship. The, the the base is not only tilting but flooding. Uh, I mean, the part that you can see is the part that is exploded and exposed to open ocean. And so, like, but you you did you feel like just based on the fact that it is tilting, not like dramatically, maybe at like a like ten degree angle, that it is it is flooding. Yes. Uh, I think he jumps on the shell phone and tries to call him. Okay. There is there is no answer. Uh, Not even a hilarious voicemail? Uh, No, there's no hilarious voicemail from two people? What would that sound like? (laughs) Hey, it's Devo and Amber, and it would be like, yeah, we've done it together. It is back. So you guys would have to do three of those for each pairing. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there's no response. And one that's all three. We wanted to cover any occasion. Sure, sure, sure. And then holiday versions, obviously. Um, Okay. Man. Um, I I think he starts searching. There's no way to track him. It's a big facility. Yeah. Does he have the sense to know, just looking at 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 the base, where they were when they, you know, can he get to the uh, the 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 fancy room? Well, uh, the room that here's the thing though. Zeus so far like left the the waiting room. And went into the dreams of Deborah, and left the station in the dreams of Deborah, and then blew up the station. So, like, you don't know where the other two are, right? You wouldn't know. You would not even know where to go. All you can see is is what is in front of you, which is a big hole in the ship and some pieces of the Coriolis, like in there somewhere. Okay, he swims into the base. Okay, first off, right. Uh, I think he starts searching. He starts looking for uh, for Amber and Devo. Okay, give me give me an investigation check. That's a thirteen. Uh, okay. Uh, with a thirteen, you you float around and find like some doors, right? Like you find the door into the the like little uh, waiting room that you all were in with the fireplace and the bearskin rug and all that jazz. Uh, and it is like fused shut at this point. Like the explosion has has rendered that passageway completely inoperable. And as you look around, like bulkheads have dropped down to seal different compartments. Uh, some of which have you know done that job very well. Some of which, like you see bubbles like shooting out of, and you know, like uh oh, that's that's water is getting into places that it probably should not be getting into. Um, but I mean, there's there is nothing in here that tells you where where your friends are on this station. 
Okay, I, there's obviously he's not going to be able to find Amber and Devo. Uh, he does a, a quick swim around. Obviously, there's no sign of him. They won't answer their phones. So I think he swims for the Coriolis to check on it. Okay. To see how much badly damaged it is. Yeah, I, you are like following the trail of, of uh, purple hull panels. And it is like, you know, you're underwater. And so you can push some stuff out of the way. But like, there's a lot, a lot of junk down here. Uh, why don't you give me just like an athletics check to see like how this uh, your rooting around goes. Mm, not real strong. It's five. Okay. You are pushing stuff around and you see like the, you see the Coriolis uh, and it is upside down. Uh, and the uh, cargo bay has like fully flooded. You can see that and you can see some of the cargo of the ship just like floating around in the water like your rations for the return trip like those are destroyed and gone uh let me see oh you didn't really have anything else in the cargo bay so no no great loss there uh there's some... for minimalism yay there are some sparks coming out uh uh where there probably should not be sparks coming out uh while you are like looking at that uh a piece of like an engine from another ship that just got destroyed uh, sort of pins you against uh, a, another piece of hull, uh, and you take eight points of crushing damage. But you are able to uh, free free yourself from that after some toil, and uh, are able to get to the ship, to the Coriolis. Okay, is it completely full of water? Uh, you enter into the cargo hold and see that the bulkhead did seal here. Uh, and it's like a, a airlock bulkhead, so uh, no, you can tell it's just like this this one you know room that had the opening in it. Uh, stopped being a moon pool when the thing turned upside down, right? So it just flooded the room. Uh, but no, the rest of the ship looks fine. You can see some lights on inside. Um, so can I get through to the control room to the bridge? Uh, yes. Uh, it it maybe it doesn't occur to you until you go through the airlock into like the main uh, like passageway of the ship connecting all of the different chambers uh, but everything's upside down and so like you can clamber toward the engine room but it's it like you're avoiding light fixtures uh, as you go uh, the place is a mess right like the, you go through the crew quarters and the kitchen has turned upside down and like all the supplies and stuff are have been all jambled about uh our marble collection is everywhere Wait, the house of cards we were building griffin did you say they've been jambled about yeah that's uh <laughs> i'm not certain wow someone jambled you haven't read much mark twain Huh. <laughs> yeah, they've been jambled and jambled and jumbled. That's from the pieces. They were everywhere. Uh, jambled is obsolete slang for drunk. Hey, I oh, like that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, you see, from a pile of like Nutra bars or whatever, you see Urchin pop up, and he's like, "Hey, man, what um, what what happened?" Oh, it's. Not important. It just some horrible catastrophe has happened, and we we we've got to find Amber and Devo. So I thought maybe we had some kind of equipment on the bridge that could, you know. Well, for one thing, we got to turn the ship over. Uh, 
Where's the button that does that? Oh, the topsy-turvy lever. <laughs> yeah. Where's the topsy-turvy lever? <laughs> That's not a topsy-turvy lever, man. I'm just, you were being sarcastic, I'm just messing with you? It's got something I to do with... Uh, um, I think it's either the pitch or the yaw. You gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta twist mm-hmm. that, baby. Um... But hey, do you guys have like insurance? Cause I'm not sure if I should be rolling with y'all as deep as we're rolling if it keeps on getting all dangerous like this. Yeah, oh, it is. It is dangerous, but I think it's probably. It's just if you want to keep me around, like you should make me feel like are, it's, like I'm gonna be safe. Are you gonna? Are you able to drown? That's a or, great question. I think so. Also, a wild question to ask somebody else. Yeah, that sounds scary. Anyway, uh, okay, come on. And he goes into the engine room with you. Or not the engine room, the, the cockpit. Yeah, helps you turn the ship around. It's got power. Everything's working. It, there's some bad noises uh, and probably some alerts going off of hull damage. But you, uh, you, you managed to get the ship upright. Great. Uh, let's jump over to Amber. Yeah. Uh, you are unconscious. Uh, this explosion knocked you around something fierce. You were on top of an auroch and yeah. facing down this bull-masked, axe-wielding hunter, and then you were- Who fell on his, quick check, did he fall his on his- His own axe and died, axe yeah. And died like where the red fern grows. Um, no. Is that what happens in that? Yeah, it's a gross book. So Damn, bad po- podcast spoiling good books. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um. You come to and you are slumped over the back of this auroch who seems to have like put you up on its back and is carrying you uh, what at first you think is like up a hill, but then you realize is just forward in this jungle because the back of the ship is now an, uh, uh, above above you uh, because of the way that this is flooding. Uh, as you actually look behind you, you can see that like the backmost part of this jungle where you first kind of uh, came to and encountered that polar bear, it is underwater. It is completely flooded. This jungle like compartment is is starting to fill up with water. You are yeah. You come to on this aurochs back there. The the axe wielding hunter is nowhere in sight, um, and it is with effort sort of pulling you uphill. What do you do? Um, so the Oroch's pulling me up a hill. I mean, you're on its back, yes. And it's, is it, uh, does it seem to be responding to my limbs? Yeah, sure. Okay. I didn't Uh, expect that to be an affirmative answer. Yeah, me neither. Uh, do I see, do I see Pigman? No, you don't see Pigman. There's a bull, but. Bullman, Bullman. Bullman. Bull. Bull. From the hit show Bull. Um, no sign of him, huh? Do you want there to be sign up? Uh, roll a perception check. I would just like to know where it... Don't make me sound weird. Like, I would just like... Well, I got five figures. Okay. Yeah, well, that's not going to be any good. Um, how close am I to the ready room? Uh, so looking up, the ready room is uh, to the side. So, like, the Oroch has kind of gone off course a little bit and seems to be making its way toward like the side of the ship as opposed to the aft. Um, okay. Uh, let me see if I can redirect him towards the red room because I know there's like equipment there so I'm still trying to get over there. Okay. 
make an animal... Whatever is going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, make an animal handling check. That's a natural 20. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Plus, th- plus three. Yeah. Uh, y- y- you're in control. You, like, you know, hoist yourself up on your tuchus and grab this this cattle by the horns and are able to kind of like get it to go where you want. But it is it is fighting you pretty intently. Uh, and even after you sort of tame it and are able to kind of control its direction, it is whining in protest. Um, it doesn't, it really doesn't want to go to this place. Uh, roll an insight check. Uh, 11. Uh, it's not that it, is afraid to go where you are going. It's that it really wanted to go where it was going. Well, I mean, that's animals for you. Um, they don't always want what humans want, but I am the human. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. <laughs> I would rather it listen to Okay. Me. Does it look like you? The the Oroch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, Does it not my, look like a it's gri- got my face. Is it like a Griffin vibe? <laughs> About it, where I feel like mm, this seems meaningful. I should listen to this aura. Is it one of those things where it's like you know you see pictures of like look at these owners and their dogs. They look just alike, and you're like, I, yeah, I kind of see it. You put glasses on that bulldog. It's that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. First of all, it it's just my face, but with long horns on it. Oh um, boy, nightmare fuel. No, it's cute. It's actually <laughs> uh, really cute. Yeah. No, it's it's you know. You're you are in control. It seems uh uh pretty. It seems sad, is is what I will give you. It is making moaning sad. moaning protest noises, but it is willing to go where you want it. To oh, go. whatever. You know what? Okay, I'm gonna change my policy. I should change my strategy because it occurs to me that like of the possible assets that I have in the ready room, the actual asset I have is this Orog. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into that and just just head in the direction it wants okay. to. Come on, let's get it wherever you're going. Let's go. It, uh, I smile up at you. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Griffin the Oroch. Uh, and then. It's horrible. It, <laughs> and then it takes off in a gallop uh, toward uh, a uh, sort of thicket. Uh, it, it's muddy here. You get the sense that maybe there was some water here before, but it has drained out as the ship hit a weird angle. Uh, and it uses its for big, whatever reason for whatever yeah. strange reason you're not sure what happened. You probably could guess Zooks did something, uh, and it like is pushing its way through this thicket with its long horns. And after a couple of sort of clumsy minutes like that, uh, it takes you into a clearing where you see a bunch of animals. You see the other auroch that is missing, and you see the polar bear that confronted you uh, when you first arrived here. You see these two very tall, long-necked, silvery-looking birds, and you see a very surly-looking, like, spotted wildcat. And as soon as this Orak comes into the to, to this clearing, the other Orak, like, runs at it and they they nuzzle while the other animals kind of step back when they see you coming into their to their little safe zone here uh and they all look pretty freaked out the polar bear rears back up on its uh hind legs trying to look threatening what do you do um how do they look 
I mean, like, how healthy? Not, I mean, not, right? Like, uh, the, it's a sliding scale. The other Auroch looks fine, right? Like, the two Aurochs look okay. And that makes sense because they are the most recent ones to be taken here. Uh, the Serval, the spotted cat, uh, looks like it has been through hell. This, this Serval looks pregnant, too. Uh, you're not like a, you know, uh, expert of serval biology, but, uh, like, it has been here for a long time. The ostriches, too. Like, one of them has, one of them's wings is, like, just drooping down. Like, not, not held in place right. Like, they have also been through the shit. Um. Okay, um, I want to search this facility or place for some, some sort of usable equipment. There has to be something here. I can't oh, okay. Um, yeah, roll a... Yeah, just roll a perception check for me. 17. Okay. Uh, there is a very, very decomposed... And you know what? I mean, these things are in survival mode, so, like, largely eaten body. And you know what they call those? Skeletons. Yep. Um, <laughs> and lying next to it... Uh, there, there's some leather armor that it was wearing, like body body armor. Uh, and you see like some scraps of red cloth that like other people working at this facility were 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 wearing. Uh, and there's a one of those. Oh, you know what it is. You see a stun baton, but it's long <gasps> since yes. it's long since lost its its charge. Um, so it's just like a. That's actually cool. I was gonna ask about it because it seemed like the kind of place where you'd find it. Yeah, it's wrong. fucked up. Like it's here, but it's doesn't. It's not charged up. Um, All right, I'm gonna take the armor and those stun batons. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, when they see you brandishing the sort of gear of this, you know, whether it was a hunter or some sort of you know groundskeeper or whatever, like that does not make the animals less scared of you. All right, now I raise the stun baton over in the air. And then I snap it over my knee. Ooh. Uh, and the, the animals cheer and lift yay! you on their shoulders. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. That'd be weird, their animals. The polar bear drops This down. is, hold on. This is a magical fantasy game, Justin. All right. You're rolling around with a man made out of coral, and you're like, these animals can't cheer. I don't want to, every meal that I have of meat in this game, I don't want to have to stop and be like, did this oh. dude ever write a book? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah, this isn't Pokemon, you know? I don't need that. Pokemon don't write books. That's no, but they definitely like, befriend the children. And they you two ahead. could probably write a book. Anyway. Maybe Mr. Mime, too. All the animals, uh, th this, this very symbolic gesture, like, calms the polar bear, definitely. The ostriches, like, go back to, like, just doing whatever they were doing, you know, pecking at each other's nits or whatever. Uh, the serval still looks pretty fucking, like... Pregnant. Sus uh, about you. Uh, and the aurochs come up to you, and the they bow. <laughs> you are now the, the, the queen of the aurochs. You hear a voice from outside. Uh, it's Clyde's voice, or whatever you ended up calling him. Uh, and who's Clyde? The, the one who was hunting the polar bear. The hunter of the polar bear. Oh, who yeah, told yeah, you yeah. The room was. What did you call him? It was your character. I called him Clyde, and then you said no. And then I think his name was like Jimmy Clyde. <laughs> I don't know. This was like, we recorded that episode like Jimbo Clyde. Jimbo Clyde. Jimbo Clyde. Okay. Yep. Jimbo Clyde's voice. 
not to be confused with Frank Burblon. Yeah. Uh, Frank Burblon Jimbo Clyde says, uh, Miss Green, a word, please? Yeah, what's up? Uh, can you come out, please? Time is of the essence. Oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. And I come out astride an Oroch. <laughs> you see Jimbo Clyde standing next to the bull-headed hunter with the axe. And Clyde has his big, like, harpoon gun uh, at the ready. And when you come out, like, riding the Oroch, the uh, axe wielder sort of starts, like, panting. He is he is furious to see this sight. And he says, uh, 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 Jimbo Clyde says, I'd, I'm sure you've noticed our, uh, our current uh, habitat seems to be in a state of quite, quite deadly disrepair, um, and we probably should be evacuating. Uh, we would love to finish our hunt before that happens, and uh, I don't want you to get in the way of that. Um, so will you help us out, and then we can all, I have a ship, we can all get out of here safe and sound? Well, you want to finish hunting the animals in here? Are the rest of them in there? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Mm, yes. Um, not exactly the most sporting end to our pursuit, but... Uh, yeah, it seems weird, right, to just... End, I mean, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? I mean, they're in captivity. That's not a hunt. I thought you're a hunter. Big tough guy. Mm, the hunt is, you know, the, the journey. Um, the extinction is the destination. And it's most important that we get there. So, yes, it is. I will. I am quite disappointed that it has come to this. I prefer to have a little <sighs> bit of danger in it, but. Uh, I get I get it. Um, Listen, I'm, I won't make any trouble. I'm a pretty good like monk or whatever, but I won't make any trouble. Uh, but can I ask one favor? Yes. Can I kill this one? Because, <clears throat> like, I would love to get. There's two of them. And I would—I know I didn't pay you to get in the hunt or whatever you did, but I would love to kill one. Is that cool? Uh, the bull uh, hunter like screams inside of his mask, and that's it. okay. He's a maybe. Where are you at? <laughs> uh, Clyde says that is not my quarry, so um, I won't be heartbroken, but. Uh, I do not think that my associate here will allow that. There's two big shit. Let me kill one. Uh, the bull takes a step forward and Clyde puts a hand out to stop him and says, now, listen, I, I, I understand the appeal to be one of the ushers of these beautiful animals off of this world. I certainly understand that. But unfortunately, you are not a member of Crescendo, and, and so it is, I'm afraid, out of the question. It's a cultural thing. I've run a, I've run a ground, of, I've made a cultural faux pas, is that right? That is quite right. Now, will you please dismount the animal and leave us to our work? Um, yeah, but don't you think we should make it fair? Mm, how do you mean? Well, I mean... They're just in there. Why don't y'all go in there with your bare hands, tough guys? Come on. <laughs> I go in there and fight them. You're a usher. It's not. Ush. It's not about the fairness of the hunt, Miss Gree. I explained this. We need to kill these animals, and that is that. Uh, there's another like sort of like popping sound in the distance, and the whole installation groans. And Jimmy Clyde says, 
Uh, Miss Great, you will need to move or we will have to move you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fuck! Well, I got a great hunt planned for you. It's the most dangerous game. And then I pull out two halves of the stun baton and chuck it at both their faces. <laughs> Me! And then I run away with the Oroch. We have an aura frame here at our house, and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So, right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right, powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis... How did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. 
and Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is my brother, my brother, and me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2 schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter in case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the foundation for black women's wellness. So go check it out. Macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. Just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, I can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Devo, you come to, and you are still in the, the gallery room overlooking the jungle. The glass overlooking the jungle has completely been blown out, and there are shards of it sort of all over the room you're in now. In fact, the room you're in now is a fucking disaster. There's, like, broken mm-hmm. glassware and chairs and all of the, like, hanging... Uh, you know, plaques with the animal heads on them have all sort of fallen down. Uh, the the room is a mess, and you two are are pretty. You you are lying in in the mess. Uh, Tolliver, however, it seems to be completely unbothered by what has just happened. He is so. Sti- if I needed any clear indication that he's yet again another projection or whatnot, that's probably a pretty clear one, right? Um, I mean, roll a roll an investigation check. Uh, 12 plus 3 of 15. 15. Uh, something else is going on. Uh, he seems to be shimmering in a way, like light through water. Uh, this is not some hard light projection. 
but like something is wrong because the way he is standing should not be like it's not physically normal. Is he um, moving? He is standing still looking out at the destruction of the ship. But I mean like is there any movement to him? Uh like is he breathing? Yes, you can see that. Okay. Um and he sees you come too. And he says, uh, oh, you're alive. Okay. I wasn't sure how bad that was, but it seemed bad and lots of people died, but you're not one of them. That's uh, fortunate. uh, How do you not, what, how, why are you fine? I am, I'm a strange one, Devo. Okay, is this, okay. There was just a big explosion. We've gone through, this is what, uh, our second times that I've been somewhere where you were in charge and things went to shit and your response to my question is like, well, I'm going to be very coy right now. Come on. I mean, I'm not the one who exploded this or the know? other facility. How do I know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing here talking to you. Mm. Okay. That's circumstantial. Yes, I, I, I suppose so. <laughs> He says, uh, uh, it's no great loss, though. This or the auction house, I suppose. They both have served their purpose. Okay. Yes, I get that you're very cool and mysterious or whatever the fuck. I still, can I tell you, here's the weird thing. You are uh, physically somehow unchanged by a big explosion. But my purpose for being here, uh, I'm not now suddenly in like, oh, no, rescue... I need to get uh, animals and my crew out of here. So, like, nothing has changed for me either. Ooh, look, we're both so cool. Uh, he walks o- <laughs> He walks over to you and holds out a hand to help you out. I don't take it. Fuck wow. this dude. Okay. He... Chip on your shoulder. He uh, He's a poaching asshole! I don't uh, like this uh, guy. Alleged, 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 yeah, alleged. alleged. And it would not be a bad way to find out if he's real or a projection. Well, I don't he, want to touch him either, gross. Uh, oh, okay. He shrugs his shoulders and he walks over and he says, you can have the animals. I mean, if you can get them out of here safely, which seems like it's going to be quite a, a challenge on its own, but they're animals, Devo, and they're... I'm not that complicated or mysterious, Devo. I am a fan of what is to come, the world to come. This one is over, right? This world, I think we're all sort of like kicking around and keeping ourselves busy, but uh, the ecology of this planet has been completely obliterated. And I disagree that, you know, one or two animals are going to make that big of a difference in it, but... You can have them and take them back home, and one day they will get old and die, and there will be no other animals to replace them, and the food supplies will get challenged. And uh, I don't understand why you're so eager to fight for preservation when it's a drop in a bucket that has so many holes in it. Show me your hands. He shows you his hands. Okay. Now imagine you lose, let's say, your left hand in an accident uh, to one of these animals that don't mean anything, right? Now you're left with five fingers, right? That left hand, it's not going to grow back. Ah, 
So I say, I'm going to chop off another one of your fingers from your right hand. Just a drop in the bucket. You've already lost five fingers. What's another one? Except that the more you lose, the more important it becomes to protect what you still have, you pessimistic asshole. I am, because I, there are children that are in Founder's Wake that have never seen a fucking polar bear. And we have the chance to save things so that maybe right now you don't care anymore, but maybe they will, huh? Maybe it's not about you, you selfish piece of shit. But you know what? Because you are selfish, I'm going to offer you a deal, right? You may not care about what goes on, but you do seem to have a lot of enterprises going. Am I right? Uh... Yes, I'm afraid you misunderstand the purpose of those enterprises, but sure, go, I don't go care. On. Okay. So here's the deals that I will offer you. You help get these animals that you don't care about and my crews that you don't care about off the stations that you don't care about. And the next time we have the opportunity to destroy one of your uh, enterprises, we'll let that one slide. Well, that seems like a big thing to just promise. We don't know how bad the next thing will be. <laughs> I have a plan for some pretty naughty stuff coming up. Um, <laughs> roll a, you know what? Roll a persuasion check. Okay. Uh, a, a 14, not my best. Nine plus five. Uh, he cocks his head and looks at you and kind of nods his head and uh, he looks up and a sprite floats up off the floor, one that you seem destroyed. Uh, it starts glowing again and he says, um, go help reunite these uh, lost sheep, eh? And the drone flies off uh, out into the jungle. to reunite these lost sheep? Oh. That was needlessly dramatic and I do apologize yes. for that. He looks down at you and says, look, Devo, there's a better world waiting for us. Oh, my Lord. No, listen to me. Actually, listen. I am not, now I'm not being dramatic. It is the truth. The vestiges came to this world from their own after their own became uninhabitable. The same will be true for the survivors of this world, but only once there is not enough here to sustain them. I am not trying to bring this world to extinction out of some sort of nihilism. The opposite is true. I am but a midwife for the world that is to come. So you can look at me like I'm some sort of monster, and I understand that. But the truth is, Devo, that there can be a place for anyone in the world that we are going to someday migrate to. And you can come with and have a place in that world. Anyone can come with and have a place in that world. But this one's dead. This one's beyond saving. And you know that in your heart of hearts. So you think you are very special because you feel this way. You think that you have a big picture kind of mentality and you see things in a clear way that no one else sees. But I'm going to tell you a secret, sir. I grew up surrounded by people like you. People who live their life and make their decisions because of some promise of a better thing coming, right? And that everything they do now is all worth it because of what's to come, right? But the problem is when you are looking at the big picture, 
the things that you often miss, right, is the little things, right? And so you become so focused on the big picture and working towards the next thing that you lose focus on how you are affecting the world you are in now. You think the world will be better, huh? The next one. Do you know how it got to be like that? Because of assholes like you who focused on better and the next thing and growing and taking more and being more and having more. And instead, maybe if you focused a little bit more on what was going on now, we wouldn't be in the fucking predicament here under the ocean, surrounded by polluted water, that we are. Do you ever think about this? Huh? Make a wisdom saving throw. All right. That was a great monologue, though. <laughs> Thank you. That really was. Uh, 13 plus 2 or 15. He, in like a flash, he like deforms almost into like a puddle that in a, like a very small wave just pushes towards you. And as this puddle sort of splashes against your, your, your feet and your legs as you're sort of posted up on the floor, you start to have a vision and it is of a sunset over an ocean and you've never like been to the surface of the planet right because you were born after the after the the flood and everything so you don't know like exactly if this is uh, an accurate depiction of the world before things went to shit but it's it is beautiful and it is natural um there's no like civilizations or cities that you can see it is just untouched glorious nature and this it's not enough to sort of sway you one way or another but as you see this vision you feel Tolliver's conviction that it is real and it is waiting and there is no malice behind that conviction it is it is earnest completely. Uh, and as the vision fades, uh, you come to and you are alone in this room and Tolliver is gone. Uh, Fucking asshole. What do you do now? Well, you know, here's the thing. I think anybody else, that moment would have been like impactful, but yeah. I would argue that- He picked Devo the wrong one. His, yeah, Devo spent his whole life dealing with people who don't think they're doing the wrong thing. Right. And feel massive amounts of conviction. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's a fair point, yeah. Yeah, like, cool, dude. Um, so the sprite went, right? And so uh, uh, Devo is going to try to find his shell phone. Yeah, I mean, you've you've got it in your pocket. Uh, it has one missed call. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call uh, uh, Zooks back. Uh, okay. Let's hop over to Zooks. Zooks. You are in the cockpit of the Coriolis, right? With uh, with Urchin, right? Uh, you had just gotten the ship righted, and uh, it had started to clear out the water. Urchin is helping, sort of go through the different sort of protocols required to do that. And your shell phone rings. Hello, you got Zooks. What did you do? No, 
wait a minute. Why why do you jump to the conclusion? Because I know where I am. I know where Amber is. Okay. I And I don't think anyone else on this station would blow it up. Okay. Okay. So like um Aloysius was firing on me. He was shooting at me. I was in his shit. Uh-huh. I I I kind of stole Dreams of Deborah. Sure. And he started coming after me, and he was shooting at me. Uh-huh. So he wanted to destroy the ship. Ah, so you shot the back. No, um, I set the self-destruct what? on Dreams of Deborah. Uh-huh. Ah, so then honest, you got under the Coriolis, and you got away. I, th- I kind of had a little misunderstanding about how long the timer was. Oh. I thought there was like a, you know, an opportunity to, you know, turn it off. Um, and so... Um, I realized I was wrong, so I swam as far, far as I could. It blew up. Yes. Um, and I didn't know it would damage the the, the base and Wait, kill a bunch sorry. of Sorry. Hey, Zooks. Yeah. yeah. I'm not mad, but oh, you didn't know really? when you- Sounded mad. When you blew- I mean, you sounded Well, mad. I'm frustrated. When you blew it up, you didn't know uh-huh. that it would damage the base? Would you be happier with me if I did? You know what? You're right. The point is mute. A moot. Okay. The point is moot. Um, I've located Amber and the animals, and I hope they're still cool. I think the explosion was on the other side. Um, so uh, I would say tentatively cool for now. Are you? I'm on the Coriolis. Okay. Good start. Good start. And, and it and it's it, it it will. I wouldn't say run. But it'll limp. Okay. Is there room on the Coriolis to put uh, some animals? Uh, like gerbils? Mm, you know the animals we're here to get. Polar bear. Um, okay. Uh, if if I can get the... Uh, oh, I got to get the cargo hold pumped out because it's full of water. Awesome. Um, but if I can do that, then yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I need you to work on that uh, ASAP and then right. get the ship over uh, to the opposite side from where the docks were. And uh, then we need to figure out a way to get these animals and us onto the ship. Yes? Okay. Uh, and right, we'll do- okay. right now, I need to find Anver and the animals. Uh, but the good news is, I imagine everyone is pretty distracted. Uh, so it should be relatively simple oh. to get them off the ship. I can help. I can help with that. Oh? I can help you find them. Any cats, locate animals or plants. Oh, yeah. Uh, describe or name a specific kind of beast. So he describes an auroch with Griffin's face. <laughs> and and Devo pisses his pants in fear. <laughs> yeah, everyone. What? And it, you can learn the direction and distance to the closest creature or plant of that kind within five miles. Okay. And then I can just tell Devo where that is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, there, there's some fuzzy triangulation that happens there because you guys are on opposite ends of the ship. But sure, yes. Are you, this is your jam. So I'm not, this is the... How often is uh, Zook's going to have a chance to actually use this spell in this undersea right. Viron? So abs- absolutely. I think, uh, Zooks, you are able to tell Devo where to go. Okay. Okay. Um, so you get on the repair. I'll get on the regrouping. Um, I would say time is of the essence, right? So it doesn't have to be perfect, but- For whatever reason, time is of the essence. Yes. 
for yeah. un- completely unavoidable circumstance, time yep. is ticking. Through no one's direct yes. fault. So we couldn't have done it any different. Yes. Um, Our hands are tied This by happened. Fate. Stuff happens. This happened. That's in yes. the past. We cannot yeah. change the past. We must. Let's not the dwell. Pur- the purposeful, well-considered, in no way accidental. Everything is going exactly to plan. Just like we discussed on our way here, this is exactly how we knew it was. Yeah, this is when you did the flashback to the Ocean's Eleven yeah. like planning sequence. Like, okay, you go over here and you blow up the ship, and it'll seem like it's for no yeah. reason. No, don't move the Coriolis no. first. That's what they'll be expecting <laughs> you to do. All right. Uh, how far down is it, Griffin, uh, from like the window to the jungle floor? Uh, it is. Uh, I mean, there's trees that you could maybe jump to uh, if you were if you were feeling gutsy. Uh, otherwise, you would have to sort of scale scale down the wall, um, which you know it would also be doable if you were smart about it. I mean, are there some like tapestries or? Sure. Yeah. This curtains. is a nice fancy. This is a fancy place. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm gonna like do my best to like use some stuff. Uh, because, like I said, time is of the essence, right? So, yeah. if I take a little bit of fall damage, I, I'm just trying to like mitigate. Yeah, sure. That I got you. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're just gonna try and climb down a tapestry out of the window down into the jungle floor? Uh, well, I still need. Mm, let me think, because I'm gonna need a way to get out. Well, wait, no, the sprite went to do something. Yeah. So I'm going to wait for the sprite. Um, and I'm going to yell out the window. <laughs> Amber, if, Amber, if you can hear me, I realize now uh, this is a wild assumption to make, but if you can hear me, uh, we're working on a plan. Just sit tight, stay safe. Uh, we're going to come around and pick you up. See if you can find any of the animals. It's the animal. Can you hear Amber? I don't. A- Amber can't hear you. I don't think. This, no, I, this yeah, I assume so. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, but I mean, it'd be weird not to you, right? Tell me, tell me how you were getting down to the jungle floor so we can move on. Um, I'm just gonna look for like I don't know tapestries or whatever, anything that I can like, you know, yeah. tie off to something and lower myself down as quick as possible. Uh, yeah, you can definitely do that. Make a, make a athletics check with advantage because you found a nice long tapestry to use. Uh, well, that's a four plus two, a six. Oh, and a natty one. So when a six is your best. Fuck me. Okay. Well, we'll. Fuck you. Fuck me, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, and Zooks, you said you're going down to the cargo bay to, uh, pump pump out out the wire. Okay. I'm about to jam. About the jams. Uh, then we'll jump to Amber. Amber, you, you are uh, in control of this Oroch still, uh, and you have charged away from that thicket and the two hunters that were there. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. uh, What's the mm-hmm. end game here? What are you What are you doing? You've gotten You've gotten clear of them. You hear the sound of footsteps in pursuit. Uh, heavy footsteps, I would say, in pursuit, and you cannot see. The, the people chasing you, but you know that they are. What do you do? Um, gosh, I, yeah, I didn't really have a plan. Uh, I'm gonna do... 
I'm going to do like a wide arc around to try to get back, like take a wide arc through the forest to get back to the, the animal. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm not going to make you roll for that. You're in control of this thing. You already rolled for that. And I, it, it is uh, faster than a person just like running on their feet. Uh, so you're able to sort of do a lap. Uh, when you do get back to the thicket, you do not see either of them. Uh, you hear roaring coming from inside of the inside of the little clearing that the animals were in, though. How are they being restrained? Who? The animals. They're not. They're not. Why did you think they were being? No, restrained? they're not in a storage facility. They're just all like grouped together. Yeah, they they, they are in like a bunch of branches and shit. This is like a secret hideout that they found themselves in the jungle to hide from hunters. Right. So this is not some like holding cell this is like their okay. own little hideaway that they have had going for a while okay what and i hear roaring from, from inside of that little thicket hideaway that they had by the time you loop back around to it all right I'm, i'll head in there see what's going on uh okay as you enter you see the serval is standing in front of the two uh silver striders uh, as they kind of cower in the corner, you see the polar bear is standing in front of the auroch, who is also kind of cowering. And the polar bear is the polar bear has a harpoon through its uh, through its shoulder and is breathing heavily. And as you come in, uh, Clyde is readying another harpoon. Clyde came in yeah. here, but he's not looking at me, right? No. Sick him. Uh, I don't. We've never done mounted combat before. Uh, I won't be mounted for long. Fair. I would. I would also say we have done uh, an animal friend that attacks with you when. Uh, That's Zeus a fair is like point. Sick. Yeah. Uh, so this feels like uh, this isn't mounted combat so much as it's like a pet combat that you're riding on. Fair. Uh, yeah. Roll a roll a d twenty amber. Like I said, you are in control of this thing. So when you give it the order to attack, you are you are in charge of that. Because at this point, the auroch is the weapon. <laughs> Eleven. Do you want to do you want to use the stats from bestial spirit? Um, I mean, no. You're it's a it's a good idea. Plus four. Uh, okay, so that's a fifteen total. Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, roll, uh, 1d8. Five. Okay. The Oroch charges forward and gores, uh, Clyde right in, in the back. He kind of rolls off the horn, but there is a, a spray of, of blood as, uh, he is, he is wounded quite deeply, uh, by this thing's horn. And his second, uh, harpoon shot goes wide. Uh, and you charge in now in with all of the animals. And uh, so he, he reels from this wound uh, and is is trying to sort of right himself and, and get back up on his feet. What happened to the harpoon that went that went wide? The one that uh, it embedded in like a pretty thick like uh, you know trunk of this like I'm imagining sort of a mangrove situation. Okay. And so it's it, I want to try to grab that out of the, the tree. Um, yeah, easy. 
that's that's no problem at all. You you can uh, well make a make a strength check. I feel like when one goes from no, yeah, go ahead, go for it to roll. Yeah, it's like, it's like sometimes we're it's improvising. Like a three plus two. And okay, yeah, you get it out, but it takes a little bit. Um, just a couple seconds longer than uh, than than you probably would have wanted, because by the time you do get this harpoon out and you are armed, Clyde has gotten back up on his feet and is readying another shot. Also, you hear splashing and. The bullheaded hunter has charged into the uh, the arena here, as it were. Uh, and Clyde says, "Well, this is this is very disappointing, Miss Gree, because now we have to kill everything in this room. And I know you think of yourself as a very clever hero, but the numbers are just not in your favor right now, Miss Gree." And then. Moments later, you hear the sound of branches snapping above you. And then Devo comes crashing in through the ceiling, thudding to the floor with a terrible thunk. Zooks, you head down into the cargo hold, going back through the airlock, and it is it is still flooded. But you know, sort of this this ship by now, uh, and you know the, you know the pumping mechanisms in here, and and how to do this, right? Make a perception check. Wow, that's weird. Sixteen. It jammed up against the side of the screen. <laughs> that, that'll happen sometimes <laughs> with a virtue dice. Um, you are getting started working on the pump. And it's like taking a few tries to get it going. And, you know, between pulls of the rip cord of this, this pumping apparatus, you sense that you are not alone in this cargo hold. With a 16, you turn around and it is still pretty dark in here. The lights are not on. Uh, but you can see something glowing about 20 feet in front of you and it approaches and you see something that you have only seen from a distance up to this point but another member of your crew is quite familiar with floating in front of you and swimming at you uh, it's many rows of teeth bared is another blink shark what do you do? He ends the episode so he can have a week to think about it. Um, uh, fucking <laughs> fuck the shark. Triumphant, daddy. Triumphant. He can't speak with animals. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, you might be able to persuade a beast to perform a small favor for you at the GM's discretion. That is level dependent, though, the ability to cast that spell, I believe, right? Or is it, I guess it's speak with animals, not like a domination type yeah. thing. Yeah, okay. Um, you've cast this spell before, right? What usually what usually yeah. happens when you cast this spell? Uh, usually can send like an image uh, into the beast's brain that they can comprehend. Okay. Something different happens this time. Okay. Your mind is flooded 
with a language that defies the rules of language as you know them. Even, even you know, compared to dolphin language or barracuda language, other sea life that you have spoken to using this spell, it has been easy and it has made sense. This is, there is no other word for it. The way this thing is speaking to you is otherworldly. And its thoughts fill your mind. And it looks up at you with what you can know because of this this connection that you have formed with it is excitement. And it swims towards you and very gently closes its jaws around you and blinks. And you both disappear. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.